Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I'm your host, Brian Convery. On today's Black History Month talk, February talk, I have invited David Anja Inca to join me. David is a graduate of the Smith School of Business at Queens University with a Master of Management, Innovation, and Entrepreneurship. He also holds an associate degree in international business management from Mohawk College and a bachelor degree psychology and business from the Obifemi Alalawa University in Nigeria. He also has worked and held many positions at RBC and he's currently the manager workplace experience at Deloitte Canada. He also is the founder of Fresh Start Hub, a career advancement platform for internationally trained talents talents and international students. The hub provides career support to internationally trained talent and assists companies with their diversity recruitment and marketing efforts. As a public speaker, David empowers his audience with practical insights and tools they can immediately apply to solving challenging problems in their businesses or in their careers. He has spoken about navigating uncertainties for immigrants, effective networking, and strategy to close the underemployment gap for the skilled new Canadians at numerous corporations and college events. As a community builder, David is a board member of Horizons for Youth, where he provides strategic advice to advance the mission of the organization. David, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. So excited to have you. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, so maybe we'll just get started on a few rapid fire questions. What okay. are your pronouns? He, him. Do you prefer texting or talking? Talking. What is your superpower? Um, the ability to see the best in others and inspire them to become that best that I can see in them. <laughs> I love that. Do you have a favorite smell? A favorite what? A favorite smell? Smell? So, smell like cooked cooked food or maybe the smell of the seasons. Anything that you that makes you happy? Um after it rains, the smell after it's it's just rains. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Um, best compliment you have ever received. That I was inspiring. Awesome. Do you have a go-to snack? Yes, anything that has um coconut in it. Oh. Any snack with coconut. Coconut. You're my first yeah. coconut. <laughs> Chocolate yeah. coconut, coconut, coconut cake. I guess anything with coconut. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, do you learn best by watching or learn by doing? I learn by doing. Nice. What is your well, what was your favorite subject in school? Biology. Biology. If you could describe yourself in one word, how would you describe yourself? Um, passionate. Passionate. Oh, I'd say that's, that's how I'd describe you too. All right. So let's, you know, I talked a little bit about you at the beginning of the podcast and you are so involved in so many wonderful things and have done so many inspiring things through your uh, Fresh, Fresh Start Hub as well and other things that I see you doing all across social media. But could you maybe... Talk about your overall journey, um, you know, from immigrating to Canada to school to work, and maybe some things you learned along the way. Yes. Um, thank you once again for this opportunity. Um, it's actually coming to 10 years since I relocated to Canada in 2013. Um, it's going to be 10 years in May of this year. And looking back on my journey, I'm, I have a combination of both gratitude and excitement for what the future holds. Gratitude in the sense that when I moved to Canada 10 years ago, 
um, I didn't know anyone in Canada. I wasn't sure what the future was going to hold for me. But looking back on my journey, I'm grateful for the people, the experiences that I've had along the journey and excited for the future because, you know, with what I know now, I know that it's going to get better from here. Um, so that's why I'm both grateful and excited for the future. Now, speaking about my journey, I came to Canada as an international student um, 10 years ago. I came for postgraduate diploma at Mohawk College in Hamilton. And like I said, it was really, really challenging early on. And I remember after my program, I was looking for a job and it was really, really difficult. Um, I eventually got a job, a first real job, I mean, where full-time job at a Christian nonprofit organization where I was um, an executive assistant. I work in project management. I was operations i was basically doing everything for the organization because i was the only full-time employee that they had they had other people that were volunteers but i was the only full-time employee and i was doing so many things um but I, I wouldn't trade those years for anything because it taught me a lot of things it taught me resilience it taught me patience it taught me um, persistence and it also taught me how to show compassion for other people who has similar experiences or who may be going through difficult times because you know when people reach out to me now and especially international students who came to Canada as mature students because I, I already had my undergraduate degree from my home country, Nigeria, mm -hmm. before relocating to Canada. So it's it's it those first few years were difficult. And after working for for three years at the at the nonprofit organization I then, you know, I, I got a job at RBC where I started my journey as an executive assistant. And one thing that I'm really grateful for while working in the bank is some of the kindest people that I've met along my journey since I started this journey in Canada 10 years ago. I met them at the bank. I met them at RBC because, and the first experience was was with my two managers because when I joined RBC, I was um, supporting two vice presidents as their EAs. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the things they told me when I started was, you know, what do you where do you want to take your career? I didn't I I thought for the first time I thought they were joking, but I later realized that it you know they were very serious because they they kept asking me. And when I when they saw that I was confused, they advised me to, you know, check different functions within the organization, different lines of businesses, and different functions, right? So, and I started talking to people. I started, you know, speaking to people from different functions based on their advice. And one of the first people that I spoke to told me something I would never forget. She said, David, if all you remember from this conversation is network, 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 build relationship with people. So I started connecting with people and I started, you know, asking them questions. And one of the key things that came out from those conversations, those early conversations that people told me was, you know, um, go for professional development. And I, 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 I thought that meant you know, going back to school, even though it could have meant different things, but that was how I interpreted it. And, you know, 
I'm grateful that I took that, that step. So I applied to my master's program, to a master's program at Queens, Smith School of Business. Um, I got into the program. And after I got into the program, some of the people I spoke to early on, I told them that, hey, I got into the program. And they were, many of them were very, very inspired and very impressed with the fact that I didn't just, I wasn't one of those people that just reached out to them to get their advice, but I actually implemented what they told me. So um, one of the people that I spoke to was the one that eventually gave me an opportunity to transition from an executive assistant to strategy. And from there, I got other roles within the bank and I eventually became a senior manager within the bank um, from somebody that started as an executive assistant. And it's a combination of both um, building relationship, performing well at, at, at you know, whatever role that I'm given and also believing in myself. Because if I don't believe that those things that those people have told me are possible for me, I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't take the, the leap of going back to school because I was working full-time while I was in school full-time. It, it was really, really um challenging but i didn't give any excuse and it, it, the fourth point i would say is not giving excuses because i had every reason to give excuse i just at the time i just got married i think three months after i got married you know um that i decided to go back to school when i gained admission to to the program my wife my wife and i discovered that she was pregnant so were expecting a baby and the baby came while I was in school. So I had to juggle being a new husband, a new father, you know, working full-time, delivering in my role. And at the same time, making sure that I perform well in my academics. But I didn't give any excuse to say, you know what, um, I don't think I can make this happen. I don't think I can do this now. Because again, if I tell anyone, oh, you know what, they ask me, why, why didn't you, why haven't you implemented some of the advice we gave you? And I, I, I tell them that, hey, you know, I just recently got married. I just recently married or um, I'm working full time or I don't even have the money to go back to school. Those, those excuses are valid, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give any excuse. I just went for it. So I would say a combination of, you know, um, building quality relationship. Because when I build relationships, I don't build those relationships with the intent of what can I get from this person. I build the relationship with the intent of how can I add value to this person. And when we we re, we rephrase that in our mind, it helps to see people as people, not ju not just as tools to leverage to wherever we're going because when we see people like oh you know what i'm connecting with this person so that they can get me a job or they can refer me to an opportunity people can see through any all of that but if you're building relationship with people with the intent of i, I want to learn from you i want to get to know you i want to know you beyond you know what i can read online or what i can find in your bio but i want to know you as a person it makes people to want to, you know, build relationship with you. It endears you to people. So I would say a combination of those things have helped me. And, you know, um, when I thought that it was time for me to pivot my career, I started talking to people, um, some of the people that I've built relationship with in the past to get their advice and also, um, you know, reaching out to people within those organizations where I'm, uh, I was trying to transition into. So, and I eventually, you know, um, was able to get a job at, at Deloitte as a manager in, um, in talent, uh, workplace experience. So 
I would say that's how my journey has evolved from someone who didn't know anyone in Canada who was trying to just find his footing and trying to build a life um, and a new a new life and a future in Canada. And I'm truly, truly, truly grateful for this country because this country has given me so much and I the best I can do is to pay it forward, which I'm doing through the Fresh Start Hub. Nice. Wow. I can, I, just looking and thinking about what you just said, and especially the new husband, the new father, the new job, um, so many news all at once. And, um, you know, that would be extremely challenging for anyone. But the fact that you approach it with and approached it with such positive open arms and, and where you've gone to in, in the last few years is is amazing. There's so many helpful insights you just shared, I think, for others to to think about. And and I love what you said about the excuses because we can always find an excuse not to do something. Or, you know, we can say, I hear a lot of people saying I'm busy or I'm very busy. And and sometimes you have to unpack what does that mean? Because you're busy doing, you know, what? And you really need to take time like you've done to, you know, chart that out and build those meaningful relationships. And I love the fact that you said, and what can you do to add value for them? Because it's mutually beneficial when that happens. Um, just really incredible story of how how you came here and, and what you've been doing. Um, really impressive. Thank you for for sharing that. Um, Thank you. You say, um, you know, and I, you know, being an entrepreneur and having one's own company is, is a challenge upon itself. And it's, it's obviously not for everyone, but you know, given your drive and energy, you know, and passion, as you referred to earlier, how is, how did you get, well, how did you get started with the concept of Fresh Start Hub and, and how is it going? Oh, um, Fresh Start Hub, like I said early on, you know, started because it's, it's a channel and it's a way of me wanting to pay it forward to other people. And what actually um, made me eventually start, because I had the idea in 2018 and I kept procrastinating on it. You know, I would say, oh, I'm going to start next month and then it will become, oh, I'll start next year. And then COVID happened in 2020, right? And during the early days of COVID, when COVID uh, you know when COVID happened, one of I st- I, I I stumbled upon a study that was um that was done by YWCA about people that have been disproportionately impacted by COVID nineteen, and one of the groups that you know that report specified were immigrants. You know, it specified that the people that have been disproportionately impacted that were proportionately impacted by COVID-19 at the time were LGBTQ plus people, women, and immigrants. And I thought, okay, how can I help this group of people? What can I do to support? And that was what, what led me down this path. And then I, you know, I thought, okay, this, this is the right time to start, you know, this idea that I've been pushing to the side because it was just the trigger that got me started. COVID was the trigger that got me started, even though the idea had been there all along. So I thought, okay, um, let me just start. You know, I, I read a few other studies after that. I started digging more about, you know, what I saw. I saw that, oh, there's a real problem here, you know, that needs to be solved. I may not be the the person to solve all the problems. At first I was, I had doubts. And I spoke to one of my mentors. We we're just having a casual conversation. And I didn't even mention to her about the pork about um, the fresh start hub. But you know, one of the things she told me was anybody can help. She mentioned she just said that statement in passing. She said you don't have to be an executive because before you can help anyone. 
because anyone can help at any point in their career. And that struck me like, you know, like, oh, David, you need to start. You don't have to wait. Because one of the excuses I was given was, oh, you know what? I'm still early in my career. I'm not a leader yet. Or like, I'm not an executive yet. Um, because at the time when I had the idea, I was just an analyst, right? But I kept thinking to my, I kept giving the excuse that, oh, you know what? I would, I want to become, I want to have a title, you know? I want to become either a VP or a senior director or a managing director before I start that, you know, that will make people to respect me and want to listen to me when they see that, okay, this guy has, has credibility to talk to us about this topic. But, you know, talking to that, to that mentor was what I needed because she was just saying it, but she didn't know that she was speaking to my soul. And so that got me to do more research and I, um, I eventually started. And the way I, the way I think about problem is instead of going through, you know, days and months of, of strategizing, I think, I think sometimes we use that as an excuse to, oh, we're doing something. But for me, the way I think about it is why not just start? Okay, fine. I've read some studies and I know that this is a real problem, right? Why don't I just start? Because it's, it's to build an MVP because I'm not spending a lot of money. All I just needed to do was get a domain name and, you know, build, get, get a website and build it myself. And that was exactly what I did. I built the first website or fresh out of myself. I put in on the contents. I did it myself. I just started. I remember the first, when I announced on LinkedIn that I'm starting a podcast, I haven't even had one guest, but I announced anyways. <laughs> and I didn't even know how to record a podcast. I didn't know how to even start, how to even interview people because I hadn't done it before. I didn't even know how to edit a podcast. So, but I thought if I announce it to the world, it's a way of holding myself accountable because now I've told the world that I'm starting something and people will be, you know, looking forward to, okay, when is it going to start? And I remember that the first episode of, the first few episodes of the Fresh Start Hub podcast, I recorded with my phone and that was how the journey began. And, you know, today we've been able to um, I've been able to interview over 150 inspiring immigrants. And also with the Fresh Start Hall, we provide workshops for internationally trained professionals to help them. We provide mentorship. We provide career information session. We provide event. We, we connect employers to, you know, talent through the Fresh Start Hub. And, you know, currently we have partnership with RBC, we have with Apotex, we have with Sobeys, and we also have with um, Metris 360. So, you know, something that just started by someone who just thought, you know, well, let's, let's, let's start anyways. And I, I, I think it would, be, it would also be wrong for me to take all the credit. I'm, I'm truly, truly grateful for the amazing people the team that supports the Fresh Start Hub, um, we call ourselves small but mighty, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without their support because those people, they put everything they have to see other people succeed. And I'm truly, truly grateful for this amazing and brilliant people who work with me who have given me the opportunity to lead them at the Fresh Start Hub. So, um, and so far we've been able to help over 100 people to land, over 100 internationally trained professionals to land well-paying jobs in Canada. Wow. And the goal, the problem we're trying to solve is pretty simple. We want internationally trained professionals to land well-paying jobs that are commensurate to their knowledge skills, experiences, 
and abilities from their own country. Because we believe that when they succeed, Canada succeeds and their own family to succeed. So that's 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 what's how the fresh startup started, and that's how we're doing so far. Wow, that's incredible and congratulations. That's such a meaningful impact. And as you know yourself coming here, um, uh, you know, this continues to be a challenge for so many, even though our growth is based on, you know, immigration, right? And people coming from other countries, yet there's so many barriers or things that people face and knowing where to start. So I just, I love the name too, Fresh Start. It's such a, such an um, inspiring name as well um, to that journey. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. Your quote on LinkedIn says, when others see problems, I see opportunities. First of all, I love that. Um, how could you say a bit more about what that means to you? Yeah, so that, um, you know, I, I, it means a lot of things to me. And I think I've touched <laughs> on, on a few of them um, since we started this conversation. You know, for example, some people would have seen that, you know, starting a podcast is a huge, is very difficult to them. Or, you know, like, or people say, oh, like, how can I get um, these people to be a guest on my podcast? How are they going to respond to me? Maybe they're not going to respond, you know? And for me, I feel like I always, I, I also, I always tell people that I don't want to stand in my own way. And what's the worst that someone can tell me? No, right? So, and, you know, being able to just start and not see that as a challenge, but see it as an opportunity to build both my communication, my executive presence, my ability to hold meaningful conversations with diverse people at different career levels and my ability to be able to inspire other people. So, you know, I, I, I started, I reach out to people, some say no, some say yes. And that's what has, you know, kept me, that's what has kept me going all this while, right? So, yeah, like literally like the word says, when others see challenge, I see it as an opportunity. You know, I don't think that opportunity are challenges dressed. Okay, um, challenges are opportunities dressed in overalls. That's what I call it. Challenges are opportunities dressed in overalls because a challenge is a way for you to prove that you know you either have some skills or you develop some new skills it's a it's an opportunity for you to prove your resilience for you to prove your critical and innovative thinking for you to prove that you have the doggedness to make something happen Yes, there are times when you have to let go of some things, but there are times when you have to push until you know that, you know what, I gave this my best shot and it wasn't just, you know, the best for me at this time and I'm going to go to the next thing. So that's the way I see it. I, I, I could have said, you know what, as, even when I joined the bank, like I said, you know, I could have said, oh, it's impossible for me to move from an executive assistant to becoming a senior manager um, within the period that I that that it happened for me, or it's impossible for me to juggle all this, all this, you know, tasks or all this key activities in my life because of these reasons, right? But I saw it as an opportunity. I saw them as opportunities to improve myself, develop myself, and become a better version of myself. 
that's a great way to look at it. And, um, and I love the way that you've articulated that. I think, you know, so many people, when they get caught into that situation, sometimes with a problem, they don't know their way out of it, but I, I love the idea of flipping it to an opportunity and then really thinking differently. Um, immigrating to Canada, um, that's no small feat either. Um, getting established, making your way here, it's really not all that easy. Mm -hmm. um, what, what obviously in, in in your own journey, you've experienced that as well. Your your own, you know, coming here. But based on that, what would you say to new immigrants to Canada as a piece of advice? Um, there's so many things I would tell them, but for the sake of the of our time and so that they're not and again, so that they're not overwhelmed, I'll say one thing, which is I cannot if that that's if this is the only thing they get right, I think they'll be good to go, which is building quality relationships with people who are doing or who have done what they aspire to do. Because it's one thing to build relationship with people. It's another thing to build relationship with the right people. Building relationship with the right people who will help you along your journey is very, very critical. But not just people who you just feel like building a relationship with. I would say build quality relationship with people who are doing or who have done what you aspire to do and be humble to learn from those people. Ask them questions. Ask them thoughtful questions. An example is, let's say you want to be you want to do project management in Canada and you're a project manager from your own country. Reach out to people who are currently project managers in Canada, but in the industry that you're looking to get into. So let's say you're 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 looking to get into the financial service industry. I wouldn't be, I'm not saying that you cannot work in other industries, but if that's where you want to start. There's a lot of opportunity in that space. And then you can go on LinkedIn, put in project management, click on people, under people. It would, it will refine your research, your search to people. And then there's a if you're especially if you're doing it on the screen, I would advise that you do it on a computer on a laptop or on a big screen so that you can be able to get more functionalities and it's also seamless so there's a there's an option that says more filters you click on more filters and then you put in all the financial service companies that are in canada so that way it will only show you project managers from those financial um companies and then you start connecting with people and on LinkedIn, there's an option that says add a note when you're connecting to people. Make sure you add a note. In that, in that, in that, because that's a great opportunity for you to introduce yourself and why you're trying to connect with someone. Because and without asking them for a job, because you're trying to build relationship. Tell them, hey, hi. You know, you don't need to tell them your name because when you send them the connection request, they will see your name. But make sure you personalize it. Hi, John. Yeah. I hope you're well. I am connecting because I found your career, John. Make sure you looked at their, their profile because you don't want... If somebody has switched industry, they've moved around, it's good to specify that, you know what, I found your career journey interesting, especially you know, transitioning from so-so -so company to another company or transitioning from a particular industry to, to another industry. I would love to learn how you made that transition happen and also get your advice on, you know, how I can do that because that's something I'm interested in. I look forward to connecting and learning from you. Thank you. In that singular 
email, you've, you've, you've explained why you're trying to connect with them. You've shown that you've done your research because that person will know that, okay, this one, this person has checked my profile. At least you, you invested the time. You were not just connecting with them blindly. And then you rinse and repeat and do that over and over and over again. Will everyone accept your connection request? Maybe not. But if you, even if it's 10 people that accept your connection request, for someone to then accept your connection request because you've specified why you're trying to connect with them, then it makes it easier for you to then say, you know what, um, thank you so much for accepting my connection request. Like I said in my previous email, I would love the opportunity to learn from you and, you know, especially transitioning from so-so-so industry to this new industry that you're in. And then just ask for 15 to 30 minutes, you know, um, I'll be happy to, I'll, I'll love to have a quick 15 to 30 minutes chat with you, depending on what, what works for you in the coming weeks. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. You know, that way, that person, you're respecting their time and you go into that conversation. If they accept and they accept to have a conversation with you, please just make sure that, you know, when you go into that conversation, the purpose of the conversation is why, like, you actually want to learn how to transition. You shouldn't get into the conversation and start telling them, oh, and then you change the topic on them and you tell them, oh, you know what? Can you refer me? You want to first build relationship with people. I'm not saying people cannot refer you, but there's there are two types of referral. There's cold referral and there's a warm referral. Cold referral is the type that anybody just send on link. Anybody can, that can just give to you because the company, most companies provide that opportunity, right? But does that mean that every company would respect, would honor that referral? Maybe not. But a warm referral is someone you've built, you know, strong connection requests, you've built strong connection with, you've built relationship with, and they work at that company where you'd like to work. Then they will reach out to the hiring manager or the recruiter and put in word for you because that's then they are spending their social capital on you. So that's that's an approach to it. Now, if you you may be saying, okay, but David, I don't have enough time to be building relationship with people. I want a job like now. You can also search on LinkedIn with hashtag hiring. Just put hashtag hiring and search. And you can also filter and put the name of the companies where people have posted on LinkedIn that they are looking for someone. And that way you can find the, those people and you can connect with them. Most of the time when those people put it there because they are recruiters or they are hiring managers or they are a friend to the hiring manager or recruiter, they will put it there that if you want more, if, if you are, if you like to have a quick chat about this role, I'll be happy to chat. So that way you are reaching out to them and saying, hey, John, I saw that you posted this job opportunity and it's it's something I'm really interested in. Would you be would you be open to having a quick chat? That way, you're reaching out to them because they posted that you know they posted a, an opportunity and they've given you they've put it there that if you like to connect that they will be happy to chat. That's another approach. You can also search as hashtag jobs. You can search for if you are looking for project manager. You can search for hashtag project managers. And at the same time too, in parallel, while you're applying for job jobs at companies where you may not have any connection or you don't know anyone, you're also building relationship along the journey. The mistake that a lot of us make is once we are done, you know, when, when once we are, we've gotten a job, we are not looking for any job anymore at, at that moment, we stop, we stop building relationship with people. And then when we are looking for our next opportunity, we start reaching out to people again. But that's, that's not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to keep building relationship. Even if you've spoken to someone in the past and at that time, there was no opportunity at the organization, you keep that relationship going. You keep in touch with them. You follow up with them. And there are several ways you can keep in touch with them. Canada Day, Family Day, um, special holidays, important milestones. If, you, if you're talking to people, go into conversations, take notes. If they stay, tell you about, you know, follow their posts, you would you can always keep in touch with people. If you see opportunities that you think, you know, can benefit can benefit them, share it with them. If, for example, you are able, you, you're, you're, you're opportune to be 
in a committee and they are looking for a speaker. For example, Brian, for example, if they're looking for a speaker that when it comes to like D and I, he's one of the people that I can think about to say, you know what, I think Brian would be a good person that can be a speaker for this event. And that's that's a way of of strengthening those relationships, right? And so so that's what I would I would say, you know, so that we don't overflog it, I would say build quality relationship with people and not focusing on what you can get, but how you can add value to them. Yeah. Because something unconscious happened um, when two people are taking a walk together. One person unconsciously adjusts to the pace of the other person. Right? So, if you surround yourself with people who are heading somewhere in life, unconsciously, you will also adjust to their pace. If you, like someone said, you'll be the same person in five years, except for two things. The <laughs> books you read and the people you surround yourself with. That is very, very critical to your success because they can either break or make you. So, I would say build quality relationships with the right people. So true. So true. Really, really, really great advice. And um, thank you again for, for sharing so much insights uh, with the listeners. Um, you know, as we were getting started today and, and talking about this podcast in particular, um, you know, I always try to, to your point with the ED and I, I always try to bring a lens to equity, diversity, inclusion for people to maybe think differently or or walk away with something of understanding when it comes to other people's lived experiences. And I know we're just about to end Black History Month this week. Um, this podcast will be airing on Thursday, which is March 2nd. So I was thinking maybe to, you know, thinking about this month and thinking about what I would say beyond February um, because obviously a month is great to bring awareness and recognition and understanding. Um, but as you think about this with your own personal story, um, what would you like to share with our listeners today about Black History Month and what it means to you, you know, obviously too beyond February? Yeah, you know, um, Black History Month, what I would say is one sentence, which is, to everyone who feel like they've been marginalized, or you know they have, they 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 can relate with you know um black people, or you know you're a black person, or even if you're an LGBTQ plus person, or you uh you know this you have disability, um or you're a woman, whatever wherever you are, I want you to know that you are enough. You are enough not because of your identity. You are enough because you're special. You are enough because you have something in you that the world needs. You are enough because if you look at your fingerprint, it's different. And it goes on to show you that you're unique. Forget about what the world around you may be telling you. Forget about the noise of the people surrounding you. I want you to know that you're enough. And you're not a token because self-image is very, very, very important. No matter how educated a person is, if they don't believe in themselves, if they don't have confidence in their own abilities, nothing will happen for them. So, I say all of this to remind you that you are enough. 
you're special, you're unique, you have something that the world needs. So walk with your head raised high with confidence and your chest puffed up because the world is waiting for you to fully express your true identity. And, you know, for Black History Month, I don't believe, I don't think that Black History Month is one day because our history, or one month, because our history is what makes us. It's one of the critical elements of who we are, of our identity. So, like I said before, embrace your history, embrace your identity, because you are enough, and embrace it all year, all year round, because that is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Some some great again, boy, David, you have this is some really great stuff here. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. I think. You know, the power of you is is something that's so important in this lesson. And um, and thank you again for, for bringing light to that. Um, you know, you did talk a little bit about networking earlier. Um, and I know it is, you know, so super important to grow one's knowledge base. Can you talk about how networking has helped you in your professional career? I know you touched upon it a bit in your story, but is there any specific story or experience that comes to mind that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, networking, networking has, has helped me greatly. Um, and one of the things, another thing I would talk about with networking is being interested in the other person and not trying to be interesting to the other person. Interested in the sense that you're asking thoughtful questions and you're building quality relationship with those people. And I'll give an example. I remembered when I just completed my master's degree and I was looking for opportunities. And one of the places that I got an opportunity at was Cisco. It was into their sales rotation program. Associate, associate sales program. That's what they call it, I believe. The associate sales program. It's for um, new graduates, both masters and undergraduates degree. So I got into the. I got into. I got through the interview process. I did the first one. I did the second one. I did the third one. I did the fourth one. I did the fifth one. It was five interviews. Very rigorous. Um, and I got to the final. The final stage was a full day of interview. We we'll do case study. We we'll do presentation. We we'll do behavioral interview. It was really it was rigorous because it was full day. They lodged us in a hotel, you know, um, the night before, and you know, it was a very rigorous interview process. But I didn't get it. I didn't get the job um, because out of out of 500, they eventually shortlisted eight of us. Out of the, no, over 2,000 people applied. Then 200 people got into the different stages and eight of us got to the final stage. And they were only going to select two people, you know. Um, and I didn't get the job. I was very, very sad. I was very, very, very sad. I really wanted the job. I didn't get the job. But one thing I did was I reached out to the recruiter, the main person, the the, the manager, this the senior manager in charge of that program, rather. The senior manager in charge of that program. I reached out to her and I said, can you provide me feedback on, you know, the final, what, what you know, provide me feedback on the final stage of the interview. And she said, oh, you know, you know, she said, told me a lot of things that, oh, you did well. And she, she said, I don't know whether it's true. She said, you know what, to be honest with you, if we were looking to select three people, 
you would have gotten, you would have been the third person because, and she said, the reason why we selected the other two, they did well, but one thing that you didn't have that they had going for them was that they had very strong referral from, you know, internal employees. Mm -hmm. So they had a warm referral. And that's, you know, that's back to what I said earlier on, you know, having a warm referral. So they had someone they had people inside who were advocating for them. So they said, I didn't have anything like that, but, you know, I performed well, but unfortunately I didn't get the job. And I said, okay, thank you. But one thing I did was I kept in touch with that recruiter, with that woman, that, you know, that senior manager. I kept in touch with her. We, I was, I'll follow up with her every other month. I send her messages. I was following her on LinkedIn. I still follow her on LinkedIn. I will comment on her post. I would, um, if she's in town, because she's she was in North Carolina at the time. So whenever she comes to Canada, she would message me, hey, David, I'm in town. Do you want us to catch up? You know, the, imagine the relationship started from someone that I, and I still have her till today. Like she's still my friend till today, interestingly. And the interesting thing is she lives in the US, right? But I live in, in Canada, but I, see a post i comment on her post i share posts i we, we keep in touch and she has moved on from cisco now but my point is that i didn't throw away that relationship and when and this is where it got it, it gets more interesting when fresh start hub then started right yeah um she was the she was one of the few people i reached out to that hey this is what i'm doing with the fresh start hub we are providing this free support to internationally trained professionals. Everything we provide to them are free. And, you know, we'd like to host a career info session with Cisco. Guess what? Immediately, I said that. I sent out the email. She made introduction to their head of talent, their chief, um, their chief social responsibility, CS, this CSRO, chief social responsibility officer, um, they are head of HR, they are, you know, they are head of sales in, in North America. She made connection and we were, we, Cisco was the first company that we had our, our career info session with. And about two people from members of the Fresh Startup community got jobs at Cisco as a result of that. So that relationship I didn't just say, oh, you know what? I didn't get a job. You know, that's, she's gone. And, and I'm not saying that every job I've applied to, that I got an interview, I kept in touch with the recruiter. But again, I was intentional with this particular person because I thought, you know what? Fine, that opportunity didn't, didn't work out. But this relationship, she seemed like someone I could build a relationship with and you know we can both mutually benefit from each other right and so i didn't just leave it there i didn't say oh you know what this is it i'm not gonna build relationship i don't like you know but i still kept in touch i still you know built that relationship with her and that's how and even though i didn't get a job at cisco and i don't work at cisco right now but you know, I was able to leverage that to help other people to, you know, get their dream job or whatever that, that is for them. So that's that's one example of the many relationships that I've been able to build over the years. You know, for example, the CEO of Man Life Canada, you know, I... I you know, I call up. I call him my friend, but because he, he told me that, hey, David, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a boss. Stop calling me boss. You know, we joke around like that. But <laughs> my point is that, my point is that, and I still like, I still, I like, we are, we are, we are close to the point where I can, I can, I can reach out to him, and he's gonna respond to me. And I've never, for one time, say, hey, you know what, give me a job. You know, I. I went with, you know what, I want to, I want to add value to you. Like, this is how I can 
you know, support you. This is what I can do for you, you know. And that's the kind of relationship because I don't want to bore the listeners. I don't want to like, you know, overwhelm them with, okay, this was how this happened. But my point is that focus on building relationship with people and be intentional about it because I know the word networking has been loosely used in the past where people think, oh, it's more transactional, but see people beyond, you know, just the transaction, but see them as a person that has, with feelings, who I want to build relationship with. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think what comes out in this conversation is with feelings, with purpose, with intent, with mutual beneficial uh, mindsets, um, all those things that I sometimes think we approach networking as an inanimate object rather than a relationship building experience, right? Mm -hmm. So important. Um, okay, well, as we look to wrap, I can't, you know, honestly, this has been such a rich conversation with so much great insights and and things to share with the the listeners here. Um, and as you know, many of the listeners are young professionals making these pivoted moments from post high school to post-secondary to first jobs and making career transitions along the way as well. Is there one, you know, takeaway or one thing you hope listeners learn from today's podcast? Yes. And that would be, you know, I think I'll be doing the listeners disservice if I only say, oh, believe in yourself, you are enough and all that. Because, you know, a lot of people have, they're high on positive mindsets, but very low on aptitude. Mm. And, you know, we live in a world where, oh, there's quiet quitting now. Um, um, they say that, oh, Gen Z's can just, you know, people switch jobs whenever they want and all that. Yes, that's that's fine. What I would say is give whatever opportunity you, you have or you're given, give it your best. Because nothing can substitute the place of hard, diligent work. Mm -hmm. Nothing can, can substitute the place of diligence and competence. So I would say, I know it's, 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 it's sometimes challenging. It's, it's also stressful, can be stressful thinking about it sometimes. But I would say that give it your best. Commit to excellence at all times. And be focused on adding value over what can I get from this person. So two things, add value to other people regardless of their level and also commit to excellent work at all times. Definitely. I think I think that that you know that striving for excellence is 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 such a great lesson and such a great takeaway for our listeners. I think sometimes um do you find sometimes people they confuse excellence with perfection and they're not the same thing. Um, and I think what you just shared is is something that really is something that if we try to be the most excellent we can be in things and do our best, you know, perfection doesn't necessarily, um, is not always attainable, but I think excellence is. And I think it's a great lesson for for folks to think about. So thank you so much for for sharing that and sharing everything you did today. Um, it has been such a chock full conversation. You've shared so many insights as I knew you would. And it's such a pleasure 
and a privilege to know you, David. And I, I thank you so much for, for joining me and being such an amazing guest on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So for our listeners, if you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. Please continue to tune in for more upcoming episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery. And until next time, please stay well.